Welcome to House of Palastri. If your name is Oksana and you enjoy throwing dung across an open paddock, you've come to the right place. With me, co-hosting the podcast, is none other than Alyssa. We are thrilled to have you with us as we discuss Reverend Villanelle, look at my blonde wig, Eve Palastri, and everything in between throughout Killing Eve Season 4. Hello and welcome to House of Palastri. My name is Alyssa and I am joined today by my lovely co-host Francis on this blisteringly hot yes. day. Oh, you so know, how are you going just, today, just sweltering in this heat, melting like a ice block on a sidewalk. Thank you for bringing up ice blocks because now I just really yeah, want one. Frost, frosty fruits again? Yes, I love frosty fruits. Oh, They're on yes. sale $5 this week, so I got some more. But yeah, France and I were just talking, just mm-hmm. to all of our three listeners here, we were talking about how the fact that no one tells you when you live in Australia that the weather says it's going to be 30 degrees and then all of a sudden it's 34 and you are no. not coping. And it is telling me right now that my internet connection is unstable. So let's just hope that this stays as we are going, okay? We wanted to do this podcast today because obviously this week has been um, very intense and quite shitty for the world and everyone's in kind of a bad mood. Everyone's really flat and it's just, you know, very heartbroken with the events that are going on at the moment. But we are here to talk about Killing Eve for it, to try and have some escapism and to try and have a moment where we can just focus on stories and a world that is fictional because that's where we tend to find a lot about comfort so that's where we are i feel the same way it's been a very heavy week um and yeah it does feel a bit strange recording this Mm -hmm. when there is such um sadness going on in other parts of the world that is the importance of fiction and the importance of escapism so here we are and should we roll Mm -hmm. into it we had season four of Killing Eve, the final season, start last weekend, Sunday night in Australia. Yeah, we had two episodes and I'm going to be really honest with you. I'm still figuring out how I felt about it. I still don't know. I am still in a place of uh, utter confusion about it all. (laughs) I don't know. It's true. Um, It's really, really hard because like, I think I want to preface this by saying that, like, I don't necessarily need them to explain everything that happens. Like, all the ongoing threads, I don't need them to wrap all of them up. Like, that's impossible. And I don't even need to see even Villanelle going off into the sunset. I think Mm. I just want a storyline that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Does it make sense so far? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. And I I don't know if you had a chance to watch that Variety interview. Yes, Um, I did. Did you have a chance to see it? You did? Yes. Yeah, so the one thing that I noticed in there, and this is the thing that stuck out to me the most, was that uh, Sandra O oh was saying that she felt that the time between the bridge and the time between the um, first episode was about as long as the pandemic, which is at this stage two years, right? While uh, Jody said that she viewed it that it was like five to six months. Now, obviously, that is a huge difference um in how they have envisioned that the time has passed and what has happened to these characters and how they've grown and i had to laugh at at not villanelle jody's um explanation about why she thought it was five months because she didn't think villanelle would last in a church that long (laughs) but i'm like you know and it's true but um i think i'm just a little bit like i think i'm i'm trying to figure out 
if if the characters themselves are unsure of the time jump, how are we supposed to be sure of the time jump? And if the characters themselves have different perspectives on the t- on, on the amount of time that's passed for their characters to get to that point, I'm trying to think how much has happened in this time. Like how long has it been between the bridge scene and what has happened since then? Are you just telling me they haven't seen each other? Obviously they have. There's conversations that have alluded to the fact that they have. Why is Eve pissed off? No one fucking knows, right? I am le confusion. I am also le confusion. Yeah. I personally think they've jumped ahead this far into the future because I don't think they knew what to do. Hmm. I think they wanted to... And to be fair, I have seen multiple people say, like, Sandra O said it perfectly. She's like, you don't actually want them together. You know, mm. you want the back and forth between them. We don't want a perfect storyline. And that's all fine. And I agree with that to a certain extent because I do want them together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like they jumped ahead that far because if they had turned around and continued mm. season four straight off the back of season three, I just don't think they had the answers for what would have happened there. So maybe they'll go back to it. I don't think they will. I think we have to kind of fill in the gap a little bit ourselves, which I don't really like doing as someone who really likes fiction. I don't really like filling in the gap myself. Well, I think it's lazy writing sometimes. Hmm. However, I think we as a viewer are supposed to understand that Eve is really focused on hunting down the 12 and she's really angry about it. And she knows that when she's around Villanelle, she doesn't think clearly. So I presume that they obviously had a conversation and Villanelle has been told, has been banished. And, yeah. and then that explains their... Um, Slapped. Yeah. Well, we'll get, we'll get to that because obviously we we, we're, we're going to talk in, in depth about this. <laughs> I would be very surprised <laughs> be if, to, yeah. if this podcast yeah. is about 50 minutes talking about Eve and Villanelle and about 10 minutes yeah. talking about the 12. But anyway... Good segue. 30 good seg- seconds. 30 seconds, more likely, yeah. Uh, good segue yeah. into talking about the opening scene where Eve is hunting down information um, and is in uh, Russia, driving down driving down the Russian streets um, in Moscow, I would assume, and finding Constantine. Yes. Constantine is the mayor or something. I don't know. Uh, I understand. Some politician... Not sure. All I know is that he was having a head massage, you know, with one of those like thingies. Scalp massage. And yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay. And um, then Eve bursts in and is like, where is Helen? And and Constantine (laughs) is like, yeah. Constantine is like shocked that it's Eve. Can I just like throw something out here? If they were trying to go with, like, who's this person on this bike? I knew it was Eve. I could tell by the way she was walking and, like, the way that she was. I was like, this is Eve. She is short in stature. That is not Villanelle. <laughs> and, yeah, like, Bill, they wouldn't have kept the helmet on for so long if they didn't want to surprise us. So it couldn't be Villanelle. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was only going to be Eve. Do you, side note, do you think, mm-hmm. do you believe that Eve can ride a motorbike? No. I don't either. I don't. I thought that was, <laughs> I mean... If it's been months, yes, you can learn. But as someone who just started to learn a motorbike over the past year, it took me a full 12 months before I was comfortable, Ugh. let alone picking up a bike in Russia where there's probably no road rules. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. And like, I no, I, I don't. The, yeah. the answer is I don't. Um, but... it, it was a fun open though. But yeah, no, it was a, it was a, it was a fairly cool open. The, the only thing is I just, like you're going from the bridge to Eve riding on a motorcycle yeah. in the middle of Russia. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, and Constantine is all like doing his ha 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 thing, you know, and like his trying big to laugh. Yeah, yeah, he's like, don't go after the twelve, like they'll kill you, you will die. And she's just like, don't care, right. shoots yeah. in the hand, and he is just, you know, there bleeding through his palm and um, his palm, yeah, and and he gives her the information, the death of the. Woman that Villanelle Rian. killed, yes. yeah, killed in front of a by pushing her into or well, onto the tracks and train, sliced her, um, and she died, and um, yeah, and that was basically the opening, and and Eve took the the note and and went into a little cupboard and put her put it on there, and you saw Villanelle's face, and you're just kind of like, huh. But anyway, yeah. So that was the opening scene. Yeah. How did you feel about that, by the way? Like that whole Eve. Um, situation so I don't hate it like I like it I think it it does you know it does connect to the previous season in that we do see Eve going she's kind of embracing that side of her personality more she's been emboldened and she has embraced her monster a little bit what they talked about on the on the, the scene in the bridge however it bothered me a little bit because like I said, I had to fill in the gaps. We had mm-hmm. to, we as viewers had to fill in the gaps. I did like that they are still, Eva's still concerned about Kenny's death because one thing I think we talked about in the last episode was that if they just brushed it over and um, never investigated death, Kenny's death, I think I would have been really annoyed. So I was glad for that. However, I just thought it was a bit of a mess scene. It was fine. Mm, yeah. You know, I did like the callback to, I think the, the scene in season two where, Eve also holds, holds Constantine up at gunpoint, except that was when he was peeing, and yeah. she asks him to put his penis away. Yeah, like in the same way in this episode, she asked him to take the scalp messenger or whatever. Yeah, off his head. she was like, "Put it away." Uh-huh. Um, oh, so wow, I thought that callback. I didn't realize. Yeah, that. I yeah. noticed that. I thought that was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I do like those connections back to earlier seasons. Obviously, there were quite a few throwbacks to earlier seasons um, in these two episodes. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, what did you think? Did you feel the same way? I thought it was it was good, but maybe a little bit lackluster. Yeah, and what, what we're going to do here is we're actually going to kind of talk about each character as opposed to scene by scene. So we thought we'd yes. talk about the opening and then just kind of branch off into what the character does throughout the episode. Otherwise, we would be talking all day. Yes, so, and we're not going to recap the episode because we thought that would take too long. Yeah, we're just going to kind of talk about the threads of their opening and, and, and the things that they're showing us so far. So what we have seen with Eve in this first episode, and this is probably why the first scene didn't really land for me, is because of what followed. Um... I am not really a fan of uh, Eve's character as of right now. Um, I'm sure in in time things will make sense, but without context, it's really difficult to kind of understand why she's so. I understand why she wants to like kill the twelve and all that. Like, make that makes sense. But her frustration, you know, with like, like, okay, let's talk about uh, her new boyfriend. I was gonna say now we're gonna talk about Yusuf. Yeah, Yusuf. Which, by the way, I think that is a biblical name, and I'm kind of like, are they trying to be cute with that? I don't know. Yeah, maybe, perhaps. But yeah, Yusuf, 
is uh, there. Interesting man and- who likes protein shakes, apparently. Yeah, and he has a very and, and they, they want us to know that he has a very hairy chest, and I'm like, okay, but here's the problem, right? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and if there is anything that I don't want to see, it is another man on my screen. <laughs> the the last thing I want to see ever in my life is another man with a hairy chest on a woman's bed talking about his nipples when I can't even see a woman's nipples ever because of the patriarchy. Here's the deal, right? We are here in this time, in this place, and we have waited four seasons for even Villanelle to fucking have their steamy times, right? And here we are, she's having sex with this Yusuf guy. And I'm like, okay, listen, I'm okay if he eventually dies. (laughs) But for right now, I am not interested in talking about his nipples or nuts or anything. Why is he around? I'm I'm really struggling with this. And I you Alyssa can attest to this. When I was watching this episode, I was texting her and I'm like, why? Why is he here? Who is why? Why? I was so frustrated because look, I don't care if you want to introduce a male character who makes sense, but please, like why are we dealing with after the whole Nico situation, throw in another boyfriend? And then on top of that, you've got Hugo coming back. Why is Hugo here, right? How does Hugo have the amazing Carolyn's job? He's like five, okay? <laughs> this doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, he's literally like five years old. Like, I'm just so confused with some of these choices. However, skis, if they both die and Villanelle kills them, I'll, I'll be like, okay, that's where we're at. Yeah, I have this weird feeling that Yusef, because of the amount of the screen time that that character got, I have a feeling that, yeah, either he will be killed off or he just won't. He'll just be, like, mm. a character through the whole season. But, <sighs> yeah, I feel the same way. And to me, it's, like, it's a real disservice to the character of Eve because I understand she's going dark. That is all fine. The annoying thing is that why does she have to have someone? I don't. You know what? I don't even care if she has sex with people. However, why can't they just show her just being on her own and doing it on her own? Like, yeah. Well, what I don't understand is I, I just it just feels for me like yeah, sure she can go and 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 have sex with whoever she wants. My problem is how does that fit into the story? Yeah. Like I don't I don't understand. We've seen this before. Like we've seen Eve with men before. Like what? I'd, There's nothing I don't, new about it. Yeah, like I don't understand, and I don't understand his his purpose unless he's just there, you know, because he's a plot device to to you know, yeah. uh, you know, maybe he's he's a he's a plot device for Eve to learn information. He's a plot device for Villanelle to be jealous of. I don't know. But again, we've already had all this exactly. Though, with Nico. We've yeah. had it with Nico, and Nico was a better. Um, a better option for that because he was her husband, so it had more weight. This guy, I don't give a blind fuck about, right? He's just there. And I, I don't know. But I will say that I do think Eve, as it just felt very like, she feels very cold. She mm-hmm. feels very cold and she feels very like 
doesn't care. She doesn't care who she's running after and what danger she's putting her, herself into, which is, you know, not completely different from Eve's character before. However, she is definitely not the same woman that she was in season one, where she has changed a lot. If they are going by the title and, you know, killing Eve is actually killing Eve in terms of her personality and completely changing it, they're already there. She's they not the there. same person. Yep. So my question with this is, like, what is this season setting up where you see her kind of going down this path and having this perspective on everyone around her? Everyone's kind of... She's kind of got this, like, everyone get out of my way kind of mentality going on at the moment. She does what she wants. She won't take Villanelle's shit. We'll get to that in a moment extensively. But she just doesn't. She doesn't want to hear it, and I. Yeah. I and, and it makes her a very like a, abrasive type of yes. character, and it's it's difficult to watch at the moment. It's kind of pissing me off. When when you say that, I I kind of felt like both episodes in general, and sort of leading into Eve's character, it almost felt like an episode two or three of like a twelve episode arc or something. Like it felt like we just missed some really important information there. It totally makes sense that Eve is really angry and that she's trying to, you know, she's trying to cut the head off the snake. It does make it difficult to watch because you know so much about the character and what the character has been through. However, Mm. I think, like, sometimes I think the end of season three sort of made us think all things were all rosy with Eve, Mm. except the fact that she basically saw Carolyn let Constantine go and she's still angry about Kenny's death. And the other thing is, is you're right, Yusuf, they had an important conversation, I think, when they got to Paris, and Eve had already had the whole thing where she put the tracker in Helen's bag, and she had tracked Helen to her house, and Yusuf was like, mm. um, I think he said, I'll support you if you want to go in, and, you know, this eventually gets you killed. However, if you do it this way, it will get you killed much sooner or something. Mm-hmm. And... She did it anyway. She just went straight into to Helene's front door, which and I did like this scene, kind of. I thought it was a bit weird. I'm talking about the scene with Eve and Helen, of course, yeah, and Shepherd's yeah. Pie. Oh, please! I'm trying to figure out what can we not save that for you know when Villanelle yeah. cooks it for her. Like we are, we've been waiting like thirty. I was like years. Shepherd's Pie. Oh my gosh, no! The I don't need another like another person weird like... lesbian subjects happening with Eve with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> it exists only for villainies. I think you have said before, you're very insightful with this type of thing. We're watching the first two episodes. If it makes sense over the course of the season, then that's fine. At this stage, I'm like, eh. And that's that's kind of how you have to take it because there are many shows where the first two episodes just don't quite land and the rest of the season, once it brings context, you're like, okay. And and Killing Eve, it may, this season may be a show where you've got a few, like, episodes that are, like, stragglers, like, kind of, like, don't quite fit, and then you have, like, a brilliant five-episode, you know, uh, in sequence mm. or something like that. And if that's the case, then great. I will take whatever light comes from this season and whatever enjoyment True. we can get from this season. All right, let's just let's just talk about the elephant in the room, okay? Let's just yeah, okay, <laughs> okay. So here we go. So obviously, Villanelle is going on her journey of faith, and let me tell you this right now: yeah. when she was doing those hymns, I, I just, I, I, I just couldn't. I'm like, this is, you know, as 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 people who both, you know, grew up in church, 
at, at different stages or whatever. I'm sure Alyssa and I just both couldn't. Like, <laughs> we grew up in Catholic school, gone to Catholic church. It was just, it was everything. Because, you know, you've got this like assassin who's like, just singing hymns. My light shines <laughs> on. <laughs> I want to set that as my ringtone. She really does believe it. And like when she looks in the mirror and she's like, so holy. <laughs> It was like that was such a callback to the first episode of uh, um, season one, where she's like, "Oh, beautiful!" In the in the yeah. you're right, yeah, yeah, that is a good callback, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I vibe with that. I, I laughed, um, and you know, she had like a little run in with Lucifer the cat, and here she is getting ready for her, you know, her her rebirth, her baptism, her baptism. and yeah. she is just like running around the church. She's like, "Eve's gonna be here," you know, and trying to figure out where she's gonna sit and like looking for like you know, put trying to put. <laughs> The reserved sign up and the the priest. What's his? What were they called? They called him Bill. Okay. The priest is called Phil. Phil. Is like no, you can't reserve any seats. Which is like the most Catholic thing I've ever heard, or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if the Anglican. I don't yeah. Know. Um, and she's like, okay, I I won't. And then like, then she will. And then she put the reserve sign up anyway. But Eve ripped up the invitation and never, never showed. showed. And it was <laughs> poor Villanelle. It was heartbreaking oh. for her. I, on the whole, I loved this mm-hmm. whole thing. It felt therapeutic for mm-hmm. me as someone who's gone to church <laughs> before for a long time. And I think it was completely obvious to obviously everyone but Millinelle that it was ridiculous. She is not a person of faith. <laughs> I have a question. Yes. Okay. Do you want to finish your point and then I'll ask a question or do you want me to ask a question? No, I was literally just going to say, I don't think I really liked how long it went. I thought the level of her, like, belief in this Mm -hmm. thing, I was a bit like, she she is an intelligent Mm -hmm. person. I don't understand. I feel like she really wants to change that badly. So, again, we're missing information between what happened between her and Eve and, and, you know, all the things that are going on in her head. Yeah, which is a good... good, uh you know, a journey into my question that I was going to have, which was, is she's doing this for Eve, obviously, but why? And, and we don't, we have no clue. And I, I, I've got to be real here. And I was going to bring this up when we get to the fish tank scene, but I'll just say it now. I feel like I am, I'm worried that we've been cheated that we've been cheated of moments and time and, 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 and like we, I feel like we have spent three seasons with these characters and we have seen every interaction they've ever had in front of our eyes. When season three, season two ended after the shot, Eve disappears, you know, they don't see each other until we see them reconnect on the bus. Right. This is the first time where I'm asking, we have not seen the development that's happened between season three and season four. Something has happened that we haven't seen. And that to me really bothers me because we have seen everything. So I'm trying to figure out, is this something where they're just going to bring up something that happened and then the audience will feel cheated that they never got to see that happen before their eyes because we like that natural progression of a relationship or has I, I can't, has nothing happened and they just walked away from each other on the bridge and this is what we're left with. Like, I, I, that doesn't make sense. That's, that, that doesn't, so clearly there had to have been something that happened between them. 
but why didn't we get to see it? Especially the conversation that they had, right? Mm. Like they, they had this conversation where... I have the transcript. Do you want me to read it? Oh, okay. yes, read it. Okay. Read, read the okay. transcript. So, <clears throat> so Villanelle... Are you going to do the Russian accent? Oh, I can it? try. So Villanelle is, you know, <laughs> she realises Eva's not come to her rebirth. She is not happy. She is like b- barely holding it together when she's standing above the uh, holy water. And of course the ever famous just up me uh, line happens. And she spends a very long time in the water. <laughs> I loved that scene, by the way. I know. I was like, is this Jodie Comer holding her breath for like a minute? I really appreciated that scene. I just thought it was like very fitting to like baptism where it's almost like you oh. go under the water. And it's just this awkward experience. Like you're kind of like, okay, I, I have water up my nose. Like, you know, it's just, it, it is just, it's, you know, but anyway, so there she is, comes out of the water and at, like a drowned rat marches her way over to wherever Eve is in, in London town. She shows up, Eve is tapping on the, the, the fish tank, which is a total ode to the Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio. And I loved that, that scene. Cause I love that scene. So I think it's beautiful that, that they too. did that. Um, which makes me wonder if you are doing an ode to Romeo and Juliet, are you doing an ode to eventual tragedy, which, you know, we'll get to in a minute. But anyway, Maybe. knocks on the, the, the fish tank. She goes from being pissed off to looking like a wide-eyed deer at the, when she sees even, like as, as, as every other time, goes, it turns into a soft, you know, tootsie roll of mush, right, at the very side of... of <laughs> And um Yes, oh my gosh, her little vulnerable oh, look slayed me. Yes. And Villanelle is like, I forgive you, right? And Eve is like, What? What <laughs> bitch? The way she said it though. Because Villanelle is so we we know what's just happened. We're like, oh no, she's in she's she's traumatized. And then she shows up and she's like, I forgive you. And Eve is like, What? <laughs> And the way she says it is so cold. I'm like, you are being a really mean person right now. But anyway. Um, and villain, I was like, a sweet baby angel. Okay, I'm going to do a reenactment. I said, I said I forgive you. You forgive me? For not attending my rebirth. Uh-huh. And then Eve just walks away. <laughs> she just storms to the other side of the room, right? Just like, whatever, don't care. And uh, can I just yeah. say, like, you, whoever's listening to this pod does not get to see what I'm looking at right now, which is through my screen in the Zoom meeting. But there is theatrics. There is like movements. It's 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 a full show over yes. here. Yes. All right. Yes, so continue, poor Villanelle is standing there watching her walk away, and she's like, "Okay." <laughs> I'm like Villanelle, please. Um, I understand it might be painful for you to see me blossoming. <laughs> She's like so deep in her delusion. I love it. Oh, I'm right, so, so here eat, for it. Eat, yeah, right. Oh, that's what you're doing? Trying to show you I've changed. You are the same person. You are exactly the same, right? And she starts walking towards her with intent and she's just striding ahead. She is ready to, you know. And Villanelle was like, I'm not here to argue, Eve. And then Eve is like, maybe I've changed. Huh? Have you thought of that? <laughs> I love how, like, this is getting more intense. I'm sorry. I know this is really dramatic, but this is the only way I know how to do it. No, it's great. I really enjoy it. Maybe I've changed, huh? Have you thought of that? 
I don't need any. And before she could finish her sentence, Villanelle is on her knees. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Okay. Eve's like, what are you doing? Praying for you. <laughs> and Villanelle goes into a prayer. She prays that Eve would have the courage to be the person that she is inside and says that she hopes that, that, that Eve will be saved just like she is, right? Which I think was the, the, the nail in the coffin there. And um, It really was, And, yeah. uh, you know, Eve looks, just, just crouches down, gets in her face, and is like, <laughs> if you really changed, you wouldn't have come here. And then she, <laughs> and then she, she starts walking away, and then Villanelle goes, "If you'd changed, you wouldn't have let me." Now stop! I have a question. Okay, I really apologize. I'm yelling into the microphone, so you're probably going to have to adjust the audio here. But my question is, what does this mean? You wouldn't have let me, right? Now I have a theory. The theory is that if this, in context, we're like, okay. You shouldn't have come here. We think that it's like referring to the moment, right? That Villanelle has shown up in the moment after the whole thing, showed up to her office. No. What if that is you shouldn't have come here as in like followed me to London, right? And Villanelle is like, you shouldn't have let me. So if, if we're like, that's the only thing I can piece together with that because otherwise if you change, you wouldn't have let me would make no sense, right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, Eve turns around and they, they have this, like, stare. And every time they're staring at each other, you're like, you're, what's going to happen? Right? And uh, what happened was Eve slapped Villanelle to next Thursday. Like, that slap was... And it was a real slap. Did you hear on the variety? Oh, Jody took you? it. She took it like a champ. Yeah, Amazing. so, and Eve is, like, different person. And that's where the scene kind of ends, right? Now, yeah. I let confusion, <laughs> right? Let confusion. Um, sorry. Anyway, I have been doing this dramatic monologue. Alyssa, please, your thoughts. Very, very confusing. Yes, the conversation is mind-boggling. However, like I text you at the time, I still text you saying, like, this is great. Like, this is what the show is about. Like, we need this back and forth between this, mm-hmm. these women. And it throws back to what Phoebe Waller-Bridge said in season one. She said, every single scene exists to bring these two yeah. women together. And so that is where the show shines. That was probably the best, one of the best scenes um, over the two episodes. However, it totally doesn't make sense. We, we have, the viewer has been left out on a bunch of information. So now we're trying to figure out what is actually going on here. Did Eve ask Villanelle to leave and, and go back to Russia or... We do know that Eve has uh, Millenell has been trying to contact Eve, um, and Eve hasn't been, you know, appreciating her invitations <laughs> to her rebirth. But yeah, we don't know anything aside from that, so it is definitely mm-hmm. frustrating because yeah, we we totally saw like we've said before, like we saw a totally different scene and a totally different vibe between the two of them on the bridge. There just seems a lot of anger and rage, and like Eve is very pissed off and. I, I just, one mm. last thing I'll say is that um, I just felt this sense of like Millenelle after being slapped just had this look on her face where it just almost felt like she was trying to translate to the viewer like 
why why are we still putting up with this like why is eve constantly like kind of i don't know i don't have the right word for it the thing is eve blames villanelle for everything in her mind mm-hmm. dragging her into this but thing. eve yeah this is eve's fault all of it's eve's fault she's the one who started chasing villanelle she's the one who you know you can you can say that villanelle i mean obviously villanelle was the one that like you know jumped in and traumatized nico and you know held him at knife point and asked for the shepherd's pie recipe like you know it's not like eve made her do that but her infatuation with villanelle and like you know following her at all costs and and all of that you know that's on eve um this is not on villanelle so if this is eve's way of being like you've ruined my life um it's all your fault i'm i'm better without you well clearly not because i don't like you when you're when you're like this eve you are to me you are more cold you are more angry i don't know it's weird um and she's obviously really trying to focus on this personal vendetta whatever she's trying to do yeah, 100%. That's what it is. It's a vendetta. Um, and she doesn't want to be distracted from that. So if that is actually true and it is explained, then that's fine. I just have a feeling that mm. it's not going to be explained. What I don't understand is that what what does Eve want? You know, does anyone ever know what Eve wants ever? Like, you know, what, what does she want? Because... To, with Villanelle, I think it's a little bit more easier to kind of break that down. And perhaps this is like a uh, the show putting more effort into uh, exposing Villanelle's, like, wants and needs and, and her, you know... Eve, on the other hand, all you know is that she... I can't even really describe. Like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm lost for, for how to actually describe what, what it is that she wants inside. Villanelle said something really um, mm. interesting this episode, which we'll come back to Eve in a sec. She was talking to Phil. The cat had obviously died and Villanelle was captured on CCTV <laughs> trying to bury this cat. <laughs> like, for one thing, like, she's an international assassin. Like, in season one, we saw her stab a man in the jugular and mm. not be captured on CCTV. But anyway, Phil is some, says some things like, we don't know anything about you. You've been here for months. And Villanelle says, you know, I was born in Russia, uh, abandoned in an orphanage mm-hmm. and sold into slavery. And I actually thought that was a really interesting thing to say because on when you first hear that, it doesn't really sound true. But when you think about it a little bit more, like, is it true? Like, is what Villanelle, like, who knows? Maybe the, the 12 pulled her in at a really young age and forced her to be this assassin. I mean, I don't really think I believe that just because mm-hmm. of the person that Villanelle is. But then I guess, like, I'm thinking overall picture, like, if Eve it has just all this pent-up rage from what Villanelle has sort of pulled her into, which is shadowy, fucking weird organisation that no one knows anything about, <laughs> even though it's been four seasons, and, and now they're trying Make to, Make them like, important, yeah. Exactly, where it's like they just keep this, you know, beating this dead horse that we need to care about the 12. I feel like that's the only way it makes sense if Eva's considering the big picture as a whole, which it sounds like she is. She wants to, you know, she wants to bring them down. She She's mad about what happened to Kenny. Maybe she's angry about what happened to Nico because Villanelle killed Gemma and Villanelle is a, a product of the 12. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's it, it just, it's really, really hard to to kind of pinpoint what it is they're doing and why. And I think 
where I'm at right now is just looking at looking at the situation ahead and going, is this season about the 12 or is this season about even Villanelle? And like, you, you know, you may say, oh, these things have coexisted. Not, not really. Like, if you think back to season one and season two, it was so much about, yes, like the 12 was this like, yeah, shadowy organization that nobody really knew much about. But every plot, and like Phoebe Waller-Bridge said, existed to bring them back together. This plot right now feels like, at least in these two episodes, like it exists to tear them apart. And that's where I get like concerned because I'm like, if Villanelle is like, I separate myself from this and has lost her fire, which, you know, we've talked about in the last podcast in, in some ways, and a lot of her has been exposed and she's changing as a person. How does that not inevitably draw her and Eve apart when she's not even working for the organization anymore? Like in some ways in my mind, like, and obviously I'm not like a TV writer. I can't, I'm not going to sit here and say I could have done it better. Right. But I, I'm, I would have been interested to see if, if Villanelle stayed with them all this time and we got to season four and that's when she broke away because that to me would have made more sense for her character. The fact that she's already broken away and now yeah. Villanelle's kind of feels like she's just fluttering around like a butterfly, like not quite having any direction, just kind of there. And that's the thing. It also doesn't make sense for the, for the 12 if they are truly this, you know. Wouldn't they be hunting her down or like trying to, yeah. Yeah, right? Why is she still alive? Why? Yeah, it... it because it, if, yeah, that, if totally. that was a story, let's say that she pulled away and let's say that season four was that her pulling away caused the 12 to come and hunt her down. And then Villanelle was in danger and her and Eve had to go on the run. Like, if, if you want the 12 to be a part of the story as well as, like, even Villanelle being a part of the story, wouldn't it make more sense to, like, sense. kind of drive it from there? Because where I feel like what we're doing right now, and, and perhaps I'm completely wrong, maybe that is the direction that it's going in. Maybe there is a direction where Eve and Villanelle have to be on the run together. And it, it's changed from a cat and mouse game to, like, a the cat and mouse game is now them and the 12 or something right and if that's the case like that's fine but what i'm concerned about is like you introduce these these many new characters and whatever's going on and then you just don't know if eve and villanelle are going to have that electricity and fire together because they Mm -hmm. are inevitably not on opposite sides so like i'm kind of like i'm I'm confused but you know like i said and like you said, we don't know and we have to wait and see. And we have to, from what I, I think you told me see, uh, episode three is supposed to pick up. All of the reviews have basically said that. So, I mean, some of these reviews, some of the reviews have been really positive, but some of the, a lot of them have been like chatting about what you and I are talking about now. The tone feels off. Like it just feels like we've jumped into it and the characters are all in totally different places. Mm. I think the thing that I'm, like kind of concerned about is that we've got eight episodes so we've got we're already a quarter of the season down and that's my problem i have with all of these new characters like there's so much that we need to mm-hmm. wrap up and then we've also got these characters which what did she think of i don't think we got a name for the new assassin we i was kind of like i don't really get the point of her i feel like that was just purely a plot device to lead eve to Helen. Mm. I, I honestly, my opinions on, on any of the stuff revolving around the 12 or anything that Eve is doing right now is like, it, it's almost like non-existent. 
because I, I and, and I'll, I'll tell you why because I haven't had enough in these series to care about the 12 like you know my sentence yeah, in the sure. last podcast was I don't give a shit about the 12 and I will stand by that I have no reason to I, I have reason to care about Eve and Villanelle I had reason to care about Kenny so I do care about Kenny's death but I have no reason to care about the doings of the 12 they don't intimidate me they don't worry me they don't bother me yeah, they're yeah. not a scary villain. I'm not, like, like, desperate for them to crash down and burn. And I feel like definitely in episode one, there is a scene where Carolyn is talking to some random guy. I don't know who that was. I think Hugo said it was someone from yeah. Czech Intelligence or something. But, like, he's giving her a folder and she's looking at it and, you know, she's talking about how someone has been flayed and the person looks like spaghetti, which mm-hmm. I did think was a funny line. But then that conversation made me think, Okay, now they're trying to make the 12 scary. They're trying to make... It's almost like they're trying to finally invest in this big secret organization that we've learned nothing about in the past to make us care about it. But, you know, no no one's in in it for that. Like, I do want it to make sense because that that makes, you know, a difference to the legacy of the the Mm. series when it finishes. You know, like our main problem with Game of Thrones is like all this stuff didn't make sense. What set it apart from, you know, the other six seasons or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. It was that ending that didn't make sense and wasn't earned. So, yeah, that's why that's the only reason I want the 12 stuff to make sense. And it just seems like they introduced a whole bunch of information in the first two episodes. Yeah. To try and make and unfortunately, care. the ending determines the show's legacy. Um, and it's it's sad because and that's why like you know there's a lot of applause when people quit when they're ahead like with fleabag for example season two was stronger than season one to me and i I, i've ended fleabag with a fairly positive view on fleabag as a show like you know i look back at it and i'm like oh they for sure like that was a that was a really like well-timed good pocket of episodes over two seasons where they told a story and it made sense yeah same with dickinson right like yeah dickinson yeah. Yeah, and and it leaves you with a good feeling in in your body to go back and watch these episodes because you're like I liked the whole thing. I enjoyed the how it ended. I'm not I, it won't frustrate me whereas I have not rewatched Game of Thrones. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to make sense. And yeah. it just has to be rewarding enough to the viewers after watching these characters for how many years. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's so kind that... of like when they throw in this scene, sorry to interrupt. I'm no, go ahead. terrible at interrupting. No, 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 no. <laughs> Francis. Um, yeah, when they when they put this scene in where Eve is going to Helen's house and they have this like charge conversation, it's it's again it's it's putting in all of this information that I'm supposed to think they're going to be able to wrap up in six episodes mm-hmm. in a satisfactory way. Let's throw in let's throw in quickly because you know obviously I'm pretty sure we've almost been talking for an hour. Oh now. my gosh, I know. But and you know what? I just pulled my sticky ass up from this leather seat <laughs> that I'm sitting on and I am melting. Is it that like squelchy thing? Or oh, like... I feel so squelchy. Squelchy, squelchy. So, okay, so let's just jump in because I'm pretty sure this is like the only plot point that we haven't really touched on. I mean, we have with Villanelle and her faith, but when she goes on her little retreat camp yes. thingy um, and May, obviously May is there and she's writing her erotic fan fiction. Oh, and stop. She I love is... the inclusion of that. <laughs> and she is, you know, uh, pining after Villanelle or whatever. I mean, how can you not? It's it is Villanelle. weird, though, because I don't understand if someone literally drowns you. 
Maybe she has. Maybe she has a kink. I don't know. <laughs> okay, baby, I'm being drowned. <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe she's yeah, drowned. It, it, it definitely is something that we're supposed to move past. Yeah. So let's say that that's what I'm putting it down to. May has a kink of being in in severe peril. Okay, and being okay. rescued by a beautiful woman with golden hair. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we all have that kink, really, don't we? Yes. So anyway, she's there. She is you know, drowned by Villanelle. And, and and to note, of course Villanelle did this because she was pissed off after yeah. what Eve did. This is what Villanelle does. She has a moment with Eve and then goes off and either, well, let's see. If she either sleeps with someone or she kills someone because yeah. she has the tension. It's the rage. Get it out. Yes. And in that moment, May says, I know you're very, you're a good pet. I can't remember exactly what she said, but, and Villanelle's like, you do not know me mm. at all. And you just see that in that one line, you mm. just see her total persona change. Like she just is raging at this yeah. whole. And so that's probably the most truthful yeah. scene of the whole episode. Yeah. And then she, she, you know, which I was cheering internally. Uh, I was like, yes, finally the- queen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like yes. I think I, I miss her fire. For sure. I mean, this is what makes Villanelle Villanelle. It's like you know, yes, it, but but come on, like it, we 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 all adore her and love her because she's this like assassin that just you know, yeah, like unapologetic. She she doesn't explain her sexuality. Doesn't explain. She has no apologies for anything. Yeah, she's just Villanelle, and you know. So anyway, she saves. May and May is like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. And then we go on that whole trip, and I, I you know, it felt like a trip. Um, yes, the church seeing, camp. Seeing Villanelle meet herself as Jesus in drag. Um, oh, and, yes. And we haven't even met Jesus Villanelle yet. Oh my gosh, wow. But, but that's where we are. We, we don't have to talk about it too long. I mean, let's yeah. be real. It's, it wasn't like there was not that much uh, uh, substance in, in those conversations. No, yeah. It's literally the battle between her subconscious. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so they go on this camping trip and, you know, they're out there with, with all the church. It's a typical church camp situation and her... Her tent says Nell because that's who she is now. She turns around and ends up killing them at the end. Mm -hmm. And it was, to me, a sigh of relief because I'm at this stage now where I'm like, I just need Villanelle to have that, that, like... I think Villanelle suppressing herself is actually... It makes Villanelle less interesting to me. Mm, Unless it's part of a story to do with Eve. So, like, with Eve, to show that Eve could slap her and Villanelle didn't shoot her back, that's more interesting. The suppression of, of her of her killing tendencies around Eve is interesting because it directly connects to the feelings that they have towards each other. But her suppressing yeah. herself in other environments for me is not as interesting. It actually feels like... I, I like that, that she's different around Eve. I don't like that she's yes. different around everyone. And perhaps that's just yes. me being selfish and, like, you know, my petty self wanting to just, like, that's just how I feel. So it was a relief that she ended up killing them in the end and much needed. And so it's more interesting to me now that we go into episode three and, he, and, and, sorry, and Villanelle is killing again. And I'm like, okay, cool. And we know that she's going to be going into Eve's hotel room and they're going to be 
She's going to be lying on her bed. All right. She's not <laughs> lying on her bed. <laughs> she's not. She's probably lying on her bed out of stress as opposed to anything else. But let me ask the question. When is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? <laughs> we signed up for steamy times. It has not happened yet. I'm sorry. That clap it, is going to be really if loud. If it doesn't happen, but... like there is going to be an entire fandom that just marches with, you know, with pitchforks. With fire. Yeah, <sighs> pitchforks. Yeah. Fire and pitchforks. It's got to happen. But, it, I... It is coming. Definitely it's mm-hmm. coming. I'm sure of it. I've never been more sure of anything in my life. Well, Sandra O went on and on and on and on about the intimacy that they share. Intimacy. And it's probably like a lot of it is emotional intimacy, but come on, surely. Like, we're, you know, I think if you are going to bring them together and then inevitably the season is probably going to end with not a happy ending, right? Obviously, you have to at least pay off the built up story and tension for the last three seasons yes otherwise i'm just afraid everyone's gonna explode (laughs) all gonna collectively explode and anyway so episode three looks like they're gonna be together um you know dealing with the fact that villanelle is killing again and yeah we're just gonna have to see where it goes and but it is positive signs that it's heading in that direction it's positive signs that villanelle has stepped away from from what you know the church will be talking to a therapist i'm sure that'll be interesting because um, it's always interesting when Villanelle's talking to a therapist. Oh, it is. I did think, like, I don't know if you think this is true as well, but at the end of episode two, we see Villanelle as we've always seen her, right? She is killing. She's been overtaken by her rage, maybe deserved or not. I don't know. She overheard, like, a conversation which made her pretty upset in the tent, which mm-hmm. I have to say, I had that of, of one of my favourite moments because I was just I was just so happy to see it like I thought the the death scene in the tent was just so beautiful like the framing the silhouette and mm-hmm. the blood on the tent the blood on Villanelle's face I thought that was all great and I, yes I really liked that sense of her fire being back and maybe that is something that like Villanelle is trying to seek something she's trying to change for a number of reasons but probably to make herself worthy for Eve maybe I don't know mm-hmm. It has to be. What? Why else would she be doing well, that? Well, a few people I mean, have I, said, unless it's yeah. Sorry, go on. Oh no, I was just going to say a few people have said like you know she's been constantly said throughout the entire series like how bad she is. Like she's a mm. monster. She's a beautiful monster. Like her mom said, "You're a terrible child. You didn't cry as a baby," and this has really hit her very hard. And now she's trying to, you know, she's trying to force herself to be this good person just so she mm. can can prove to herself that she can be I don't know but yeah my whole thing with the religious thing was like if you end the episode and the character is in the same place as you knew them from the previous seasons before what was the point of the scene unless they explain it what was the point of this big religious like was it literally just comic effect which to be honest I thought it was hilarious and I loved it but I'm glad it exists for what it is it's like a storytelling thing where it's like if you include something that has no relevance to the overall plot like what is the mm. point of it kind of thing like everything has to have a reason right yeah and look if the reason is like characterization and showing that she's trying for whatever reason because there is some type of connective tissue between season three and season four and what's happened in between then that's fine. Yeah. I think the, the problem that we're having right now just all goes back to what we were saying before, the time jump. We don't yes. know why she ended up at a church. Definitely. Like, we yeah. don't know why. Like, we know that she had problems with her mother. And, like, look, here's the thing. I, I, I think that 
the only conclusion I can make with her trying to be a better person is like, yes, people calling her a monster and all of that. And like having that moment with her mother, which probably triggered it all off and whatever. But there's obviously, after that happened, she did return and she did see Eve and they did have that moment on the bridge. It doesn't then make sense that then she'd decide to go to church, like unless something happened for in sure those, yeah. in those times. So I'm starting to think that her church experience was done for Eve, but I just don't know why. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Well, so, yeah, I mean, I guess you could yeah. see, you know, she was trying to get Eve to see her in that place, right? She wanted Eve to come yeah. to her baptism. That is, yeah, that it's is the only purely, guess she cared about. Yeah, that is purely to show Eve that she is different. Mm. And, and yeah, so maybe that will be explained, and then I would appreciate that. <laughs> I think as a whole, like, I, I liked the episodes, you know, I liked the comedy. I didn't really love all the new characters, but... I liked everything. I think my problem is I only liked it. Like I wanted to, I wanted to be frothing at this point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that I was, I, the, the, the thing that I love about Killing Eve is when it makes me like laugh or like giggle or like squirm around, like, you know, because like what they're doing is so like intense or dumb yeah. or like, you know, like it gives I said, you a visceral you have, reaction. Yeah. Like I, I wanted to feel that most of the episode I spent like, you know, I mean, obviously with world events, I was checking my phone at parts. Like, you know, I found myself clocking out a little bit when they were talking about the 12. Yeah, definitely. The only scene that really, like, you know, it was all Villanelle scenes that I laughed at and I really enjoyed it. The only scene that really got a reaction out of me was the fish tank scene. But that's just because Sandra O and Jodie Comer always just have electricity oh when they have their scenes together. But I, I did leave that scene with, like, 10,000 questions. So Yeah, for sure. Yes. Um. So should we, like, kind of quickly wrap it up? What was your favourite, um, do you have a favourite scene or a favourite line or a favourite moment? Oh, like the Villain Eve scene, of course. Yes, definitely. Um, was yep. my favourite of the both because every time they have a scene together. But for the non-Villain Eve scene for me was probably the whole like uh, uh, baptism uh, moment, yeah, obviously. Definitely. And that was the big, the, the big moment of the first episode. I think mine, I did write down a line which I really liked, which was um, Villanelle when she is um, being questioned by Phil about the cat mm-hmm. again. She says something like, you know, I was out late last night to hand out blankets to the homeless or something. Yeah. And I just really loved that because I was just like, oh, this is just like, that is a perfect Villanelle line. Like, she's just like, yeah. I'm just bullshitting to the end of the earth and it's going to work because I'm so goddamn beautiful. And yes. the other thing I really liked is, um, like, I liked the scene on the bus where she sees this CGI butterfly, and you're kind of like, is this actually happening? And then she jumps up and she grabs the microphone from Phil, and, um, yeah, she's trying to get May to, like, forgive yeah, her or whatever. Yeah, I think, I think any time that she, like, recited the Bible, I was like, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. <laughs> um so funny uh so yeah that, a lot of that was a highlight but yeah yeah like look i think her brush with faith is over yeah at definitely. least for now um and we are heading in a new direction but yeah. yeah any final thoughts or anything you would like to leave our three listeners with <laughs> <laughs> i love how we say we've still got three listeners no nothing further to add um Toodaloo. Yeah, toodaloo, friends. And uh, thank you House for listening to House of Palastri. Second episode, we came back and we will come back again once we have seen episode yes. three. Goodbye. Farewell.